Woo-hoo. now. All right. Oh my God. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Last Comment. I'm Shanae. I'm Erin, aka your almond milk auntie. Thanks, Erica. <laughs> Thanks, Jill. <laughs> oh my God. Is that something that you're being called now? I'm calling myself that now. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, is that what your sisters call you? Because that's amazing. Oh, no. I'm. Oh, no. It's just a phrase I thought of as I was playing the Erica Jill Scott live in the shower. I was like, oh, oh the almond milk aunties are here. And then I was like, that's great. I'm going to say that for the pod. <laughs> you were talking about your your actual sisters. It just got really confusing. But I'm going to start calling you that. Instead of Thank Aaron, you. I'm be like, the auntie. The auntie thing is very interesting because... I think that whole thing is the fact that that's such a pop- popular culture saying is very fascinating to me because like the concept of the auntie has just always felt very like close to the chest. Do you know what I mean? Like the fact that everybody's like aunties, aunties is very interesting time in pop culture. Wouldn't you say? When you say close to the chest, do you mean just like it's more accepted now? Auntie culture is like celebrated now? Is that what you're saying? Or what do you mean by yeah. close Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I get close to the chest in that, like, auntie culture is just something that I just experienced personally because I have four of them (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and godmothers and stuff like that. And so, like, I, like, yeah, so, and I guess it's just, yeah, I've been always, like, a personal family thing. And so, yeah, that it's much more, like, in the pop culture, but it just shows, like, the just I guess it's just a part of black culture that's become mainstream like everything else I'm sure the Kardashians are going to put it on a t-shirt at some point oh I'm sure they already are doing it yeah now it's the new skins collection by Kim K yeah which is like a a line of high-waisted underwear (laughs) (laughs) aunties a new house coat from Kim Kardashian yeah Seriously, like either. Honestly, I'm here for it. A slip, a, a moo moo is a very auntie. Yeah, a very auntie item. A bonnet. Oh like, my god, this is gonna be the next thing. Oh my god, when Kylie Jenner's Kardashian bonnet. A bonnet. Yes, I will die. I will just cease to be here. Alfred, come sit down. I mean, why am I trying to do that? But yeah, they they do yeah. love. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Bonnets. That's true. Yeah. Because sometimes I go on Amazon. And I'm looking for other products, and I'll get advertisements for bonnets, and there's white women wearing them. So. Yeah. They must be stopped. They really must be stopped. That. Anyway, oh. welcome. So we have so much to talk about. Where would you like to begin, Erin? Well, we missed last week because you were feeling under the weather, and also because, like, the yes, under the weather, the Westworld finale to discuss, which, LOL. Yes. Oh. A real Listen. last comment because people have already processed their grief and moved on by now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's going to be lots. <laughs> My memory of that whole experience is not very good because I feel like I, well, okay, dear listeners, that's when I started getting really sick was during the finale. <laughs> I just was like walking around like kind of dazed because I got sick. And so some of it stays with me, some of it doesn't. But I think my overall impressions of it, I think, are solid and agreed upon with the rest of the Westworld community, which is not good. No, it we was, didn't love it. But it's not true. <laughs> well, I mean, like the thing is, I think so me and Aaron listened to this podcast called, is it The Recapables, right? It is, is The Recapables, Recapables, yes. By the yeah, ringer. and then somebody by the ringer and Danny Heifetz was saying that 
one of the things he said that I was like, oh, this is so true. He said that like 97% of the people who are involved with that show did a great job. And it's true. The action scenes were good. The cinematography were good. The acting was good in certain spots. But then you have that really, really essential 3%, which is the writers and the storytellers just really Mm -hmm. dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the best way to describe how that came out. Yeah. Yeah, it just goes to show you the importance of an outline uh, a story, <laughs> <laughs> a structure, a structure note, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, Aristotle's really poetics tough. try to tell us that drama is all about finishing the story. And they didn't, I don't even think they started the story this season. I couldn't tell you what happened. And I was there every week. <laughs> like, And it's hard because, you know, there's this sort of strain of thought sort of the nolan i would say people who really idolize the nolan specifically christopher nolan and his way of storytelling i think they always get the wrong lessons from his best movies which is you build the story first and then you put the other stuff around it you don't put the stuff around it and then try to build a story because then it just never works out you know what i mean because yeah, it falls down even if you take a movie like if even if you take a movie like Inception, which I know people have kind of mixed feelings about, it's like a very there is a middle beginning, middle, and end. It's like you go in somebody's mind to plant an idea, and then from that idea, all these other things come up, and you know some of them are successful and some of them aren't. But you have a good sense of what the goal is. And my favorite Nolan movie is The Prestige, and it's the same thing like that film. There's lots of twists and turns, but you can tell that before he wrote it, he understood what he wanted the end to be. And I think the problem with Westworld is that they want they want both, right? And then they gaslight us, too. Because if you listen to the interviews, they're like, don't, <laughs> what do you mean? Don't pay attention so much. Like, just enjoy it. And I'm like, but, but then they also create all this stuff for reddit so i'm like make up your mind people what what do you do you want us to really have a close reading of it or do you not so i don't know that's sort of my feeling about it yeah no i feel like the the writers are definitely trying to have it both ways which is like oh aren't we clever and everyone's like but this made no sense they're like oh you just don't get it and also stop thinking so yeah hard. like but right exactly. <laughs> yeah but but we've been because here. there's certain Right, because and then there's also some things that you can't explain away. And I think the biggest one is the Charlotte talking to her son's story thing. That was a huge point in what episode was that? Three or four? I think when that four. sort of really clearly Yeah, that clearly signaled that there was gonna be either a simulation or another reality and it just was never addressed again. And that's just sort of just bad just like and you can't explain that away how would you explain that away like oh i mean i imagine they're gonna say it's gonna come back in season four which is like not fair because we won't get season four till 2025 i'm pretty sure like when are we getting this yeah i guess but you can't i don't yeah and that's the other thing that they want to have it both ways right like they want to have it a a contained story but they also want it to have like seasons arcs but then and then they always say that they're like it'll come back it'll come back but none of that stuff ever comes back like the maze never came back (laughs) never came back even though they made it seem like it was this big important thing the key although wasn't there that one episode was it genre the one where Aaron Paul's tripping and there's like 
these guys spray painting a maze on a wall. Like, that's not a story now. That's just something I saw in the background. And I was like, huh. So they bring the maze back, right. but they never address it again. And I was like, okay, so right. they you- me. <laughs> I guess I, I don't know why I'm here. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's just like a really, it's just like, Westworld is just like a really bad dominatrix. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, they're just yeah. like, here you go. No, here you go. No, but then you just like never get it at the You end never get the satisfaction. Like- it's like a lot of edging, but no, like, no. edging. I get it. Exactly. It's like a lot of edging. They're just like, hey, this is going to be great. You're going to love this. That's exactly. I mean, I don't know why I'm taking this to a dom sub place, but the the analogy of like you, you have the dom and it's like you trust them because you've told them what you wanted beforehand and then you just sort of let them do whatever, but you trust that at the end you're going to get what you want. And I think that's sort of the relationship you have with Westworld where you kind of go in with like expecting that they're going to take it somewhere and you're like okay I'll deal with all this like random shit I'll deal with Dolores being Dolores Caleb being useless uh you know (laughs) all these people just like Bernard being super fucking hot but like useless doing all these things to William and I'll fine we'll do it but at the end there has to be something but there was truly nothing. Like I mean, like honestly, real talk. Why was she even hooked up to the machine? What Doesn't does that mean? Doesn't make sense. Did she plan that? And also, the, the just the idea that she sort of, kind of saying, "Oh, I loved humans. This is what this was about." But then, like, why no. the fuck did you spend all of season no. two no, killing them the no, whole didn't. time? It's just like, what <laughs> no, are you, you talking about? What are you talking about, girl? We've been here. No, what you did you not. You did. Like this is like, like this is just. Uh, and I feel like they could retcon a fun storyline where they're like, actually, it wasn't OG Dolores in that Dolores body. It was some other like copy of Dolores, like a fake copy yeah. in the real Dolores is chilling in someone else's body. Right. They could do that. But right. I'm just frustrated with them because I'm like, just like, you got to have limits. You know, you got to have boundaries. You got to have stakes. And there's no stakes or boundaries or anything in the show. Nothing makes any fucking sense. People will be useless yeah. for whole seasons. And it's like, why are we like whole seasons to watch Westworld is to constantly put yourself through frustration. <laughs> and I just feel like I'm tired. Yeah, of it. And it's I, I feel the same way. And it's interesting because we're both comedy writers and I feel like they write Westworld like it's a comedy, which is the whole thing of like you go around in a circle and you end up in the same spot. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's like not what you're supposed to do with genre storytelling. But I guess I don't know why that they think that that is a compelling way to tell a story because it would be different. You know, this is also not a procedural show. Like this isn't fucking supernatural mm-hmm. or, you know, some of the other procedural sci-fi shows where you're getting self-contained stories every single Yeah, no, it's uh, episode. supposed to be highly getting... serialized. Yeah, so you're supposed to be getting arcs and you can't just and I also that's what makes me so mad too. like this idea again and I'm going to go to the sex thing again because it's like this edging thing where it's like you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting and you're just expected to wait and wait for years that's like not fair it'd be different if these if these episodes came out every six months or something like that but the fact that there's two years between each seasons and so first of all you have to remember what happened and what's relevant but the fact that you don't get any level of satisfaction 
for years in advance. And I feel the same way about season two. Like season two was a mess. And I guess it kind of had an ending, but also a lot of the stuff, like they went to those places, the forge, these people, like where all those people, like there's so many questions or even like having William at the end be like, oh, I'm in this simulation and it's like way far in the future. And then they do it again this season with Bernard. I'm like, you can't keep doing that. You can do it once, but you can't do it every season to where you're putting off the most interesting aspects of the show until a later date that's predetermined. But then also me, I'm trained to think that like, well, when I get to that point, I'm not going to be there either. So it's like, what am I even? (sighs) Bernard is really hot, though. So he looks great. That helps, I guess. I mean, yeah, it does help. I mean, that's kind of what the show is. It's just like very pretty, pretty nonsense. Like it's gorgeously shot, amazing actors, like an incredible cast. Had me actually interested in a fight sequence, which never happens. Yeah, no, I think it's beautiful. I think that it makes no sense. And it just goes to show like something I think about a lot when it comes to storytelling is like, oh, especially for like screenwriting is like it's always cheapest on the page. It is so cheap to just outline your story and know what yeah. you're going to go to. Like you just have to know your destination and how you're going to get there. And then you can add all the twisty turning. Like they don't have, and they're telling us that they have a grasp of the story. I'm like, no, you do not. And if you do, you're doing it wrong because we are here. Yeah, it make any sense. Even- you don't have to be a writer to know that my dad is a doctor and he watches the show and he was like, what nonsense was that? Like, it's not <laughs> we know when it doesn't make sense like you can't tell us that we don't know yeah that's what i'm saying stop the gaslighting stop the like you're just thinking about it too hard and these reddit people and even if you watch it at a very basic surface levels things that just don't make sense or even just caleb's character in general the fact that he just happened to be somebody who just didn't play by the rules and didn't come from another reality or was dead or something else just doesn't make sense based off of all the stuff that came before because you know it just doesn't make sense and also i don't even understand what the function of the character is and finally if you if your point was to make this idea that like humans aren't that bad there are no humans in the show (laughs) so what do we (laughs) <laughs> there's two humans yeah. in the show and we and spend most of our time that? thinking that they're not right it's and, and we never yeah I guess and but like, the thing is for the humans that are on the show we spend most of our time wondering if they're hosts so it's just like I mean the whole time we were like oh okay you must be a host and something like that and and then that's still that the whole thing still didn't make any sense with Caleb I'm just like but still why did you pick him exactly? Because you met him at a park years ago when you were other Dolores. That doesn't make any sense. sense. Oh my god, it's so no stupid. Sense. It's so stupid. It makes me also. So I have a question: because- Is there one human male in Westworld Park history that like just wasn't out here raping? Is that what we are to understand? I just don't believe that. Like I just yeah, it's just yeah. Somebody Lisa Joy has issues with men which i get it i have issues with men but like, i also don't understand i don't understand like the show's also preoccupation with the the virtue of a man just being that he won't rape a woman i mean that is this has come up multiple times on the show where it's like yeah. oh he's good because he won't rape you come on yeah come on 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 <laughs> you know it's just our very <laughs> yeah and it's, and it's just a weird I mean, and then you add that to sort of like the way that the 
the way that women's bodies specifically are showcased on the show. It's just like the show has like a really weird point of view about all that that I don't care to get into, but it's just very strange that you would hinge a whole character decision that's that big off of the like, yeah, guys, maybe let's not rape these women. Like, it's just, I don't even want to think about it too hard, but it's just a little, it's a little strange, I would say. And it's kind of, it's just, it just, and, and, and also, dumb and not interesting. <laughs> and, I mean, and listen, writing stuff is so hard. And so hard. I have a lot of sympathy for people who write these shows. But also, I mean, and then maybe whenever I get, start to get paid to write stuff, I'll probably be able to stop doing these analysis. But millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, like millions of dollars has gone into making these shows. And, and then when you just think of it from a producing perspective, just so much wasted money, like, war world what was what was the point it never ever ever proved its point also that whole simulation what was the point like she didn't even learn anything about how to beat dolores when she was in that it just didn't make any sense like the the simulation and and then also why do you spend so much time being like simulations here how it works without it actually being a part of the story i thought for sure i was gonna come back in that last episode actually i thought for sure like yeah May was going to break the simulation like she told us how to do for that whole episode, like episode two or whatever. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. That's what we would never we again how to do it. Crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. The more I think about it, the angrier I get it doesn't make no sense. <laughs> like it's you have so, to it's so it's I blame, I blame that for my I truly blame it for my illness. Like I just think that it was just it's just because you watch it and you're just like Oh, oh, oh no! They don't know. They don't know what they're doing. Do. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. And I get and it. Like, like, I feel like do with my own scripts, but I'm like, I'm not getting paid millions of dollars <laughs> to make this you know, show for HBO. Like, <laughs> I'm not getting paid. And as soon and as soon as listen, if we ever get paid to do anything on HBO, you can go ahead and dra- go ahead and drag us, and I, mean, I will take that do. drag. But like. Fuck but off. this is just it's just it's just ridiculous because they're not like some show that's at the mercy of the network you know westworld is way too popular and they have so much power it's the same thing with game of thrones right so game of thrones people they say the same thing it's like oh it's the network the fact of the matter is is i think a lot of these creators have so much power to do what they want they just kind of like crack under the i don't know if they're cracking under the pressure if they're not bringing enough voices in because I think that also this is like a matter of like, and especially if you're somebody who wants to be a writer and you're trying to get in the industry and stuff like that. A lot of these spaces are so closed. I think they're unnecessarily closed to the point where it's like, yeah, I mean like if it's just you and your fucking cousin and your friend's cousin and all their friends are white and da 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 da, and they all read these types of books, then this is what happens to your, your shit, right? It just ends up being, where there's no voices that can really elevate it or kind of take it out of something yeah. else. And I, I don't know. Like, I do I just feel like it's... It's also I mean, just, like, really frustrating. A lot of the- like, we've seen you, like, I'm sorry, not to interrupt, but it's like we've seen you do this well before, Westworld. You can't say it's the network. Yeah. The first season is iconic. It's a great season. It's iconic. Watchmen recently, great. a great show. Like came out around also great. I mean, like there's so many a hair plot against America's good. There's so many great dramas on HBO. It's kind of what they're known for. Some might say that it's like I don't want to hear it. Like you know, yeah, I don't want to hear it. And yeah, I just think and you had the time. You have two years. 
So I don't know. It's just very disappointing because I want to love Westworld so much. And when I'm watching it, a lot of times I do enjoy it. There's that one episode of the season that was so good. Was it three or four? I don't know. I loved it. I think it was three, written by Denise Tay, who also co-wrote this finale. And it makes me wonder what that writer's room is like, actually. I am very curious. Yeah, about yeah what because the she, is like because she does because she has great instincts. Because that because I mean the instinct. Okay, because like there's so many good. Okay, I'm, this whole episode might be about, but like there are some really good instincts. Because I really like because I'm not a huge Tessa Thompson person, but I love her storyline. It makes sense. You understand what's happening with her, her transformation. I feel like that part is so well written, and uh, I don't understand why that type of mindset and interestingness and sort of like the idea of you put your consciousness into another person and they become another person is like what Westworld should be about right right and so why are we leaving that theme and the show could have just been that why wasn't it just you know she's trying to take over the world like this human shit is just like bullshit like just make it really straightforward like just say she wants to go to Rehoboam and she wants to like turn it off or whatever or something like that or she wants to take over the military or some shit like that like something really straightforward or what it seems like Charlotte or Charlotte is doing at the end is what Dolores should have been doing the whole time yeah and on her way to doing that she creates these beings and they go out of control and so while she's doing this she has to deal with these other beings that have kind of come into their own like for example the episode where the kid and the husband died make that episode three and then have that be the arc right that's just like her against her other parts and then everything's kind of coming in around her instead of what it was which is just like her meeting absolutely no resistance and then she dies yeah (laughs) it just like doesn't make sense because i just think that her being in different bodies it's so interesting and I love what they did with this idea of like, oh, I'm melding into this person and you have these great actors who could do or it. Or even this scene in it? the um, last episode, the finale where like Dolores is out here trying to like do her thing and here comes Tessa like a ghost like interfering with her that plans. That was the best part. That was the best yeah. part of the And then it just ends. <laughs> I was like, what? And then, and then it's over. And I was like, I know because even in our text chat we're like okay here we go here we go here we go conflict and conflict like, and that was done and i'm like okay never mind <laughs> <laughs> never mind never mind yeah so like just have it be her versus her others and maybe one of them is on her side and two of them are and then da, 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 da. i think that would have been really interesting i think this the over and then also why do we know about sorak's brother like why do we get this whole story about his brother and he never comes back i don't know Maybe it was to introduce. Like I thought. I mean, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, is he meant to be the other machine? It's stupid. That's what I, I thought. What I'm trying I think to he's do. supposed to be in Solomon, and that's supposed to introduce us to the idea that they could, their consciousness could be put into the machine. But it's kind of like we already know that because that's what Westworld is. <laughs> I guess the whole show is that I can upload consciousness, but we don't need the brother to illustrate that. Is that. True. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just didn't seem like that big deal. No, I, I mean, also, I was point. turned off by Caleb saying, turn yourself off. So, like, guys, I'm tired. Yeah, that, that part, that part, I was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I know. I <laughs> Fuck really you like, guys. Fuck I can't it. believe I stayed awake. I've been drinking all day long. It was the same day as my sister's 21st <laughs> birthday. So I was drunk all day on the Zoom call, you know, trying to sober up enough to understand Westworld, gave up, ate an edible, still didn't get it. I mean, like, no. And by the end of it, I was like, fuck yeah, it. Fuck I'm that. tired. 
it is tiring and I don't I don't know like I don't I like I said I don't have a lot of sympathy for shows like this and I know that people are like we're being so harsh but I mean if it's like a little indie small show sure or like even like I feel like comedy I have I feel like I have a little bit of sympathy but for like shows that have budgets that are as big as Marvel no there's no like this and Game of Thrones there's no excuse there's just no excuse I mean you don't it doesn't have to be excellent it just has to be coherent. You know what I yeah. mean? I think, and, and that's the, the big argument, right? It's like, oh, well, do you go for it and people hate it? Or do you like whatever? And I don't even think that's the question. It's just like have a beginning, middle and end. And if it's just meh, then it's just meh. But, right. you know, I have think that's better sense. than, yeah. And then and then add some stuff to like. Also William, make sure to like, your characters what? in general. Uh, like. Just, just be true to your let characters. Let them do what they would naturally do. Yeah. Just yeah. Put them in these circumstances and let them do what they would naturally do. I think the biggest issue with Dolores, and the reason why I think that's why it's really a struggle, is because her character is they can't decide what they want her to be or who they want her to be. Because at the end, she was all like, like Zen and like, like freaking like a spiritual white lady. And I'm just like, who the fuck? Like, who is this? Like, it's just so weird. It's yeah. so weird. And also, it's, why was Kayla? I just, anyway. And then poor Maeve. Poor just Maeve. Walking around. Walking poor Sandy Newton has done so little to do, honestly, in the past two seasons. I would quit if I were her. I mean, she's got the money she needs. No, listen. Like, let her. A paycheck open is up a paycheck. Is a, paycheck. a check is a check. I'm not mad at it, Tandy, but here's the thing. Like, yeah, I mean, I do love her, too. I listened to her interview on the vanity fair podcast and she talked about the season like oh i was just baffled but like <laughs> but she meant it in like a nicer way like, i didn't know what was happening and she said it like oh i don't watch sci-fi i don't get it but i'm like no tandy it was all of us thank you for being so honest though i really love her <laughs> thank you i'm hoping that too. this means the end of evan rachel wood not that i don't like her as an actress i do but i i'm tired of dolores as a i agree i want more mave i, I want agree. anything for mave i I agree. I like I like Evan Rachel Wood. I think she's good in other stuff, but I just think that she's just not given anything to to go on and sort of like the optics of her character and her playing this like blonde white lady super it's just I feel like it's just I don't know. I just feel like the whole character is sort of like old school and and it just doesn't like I it just doesn't make sense to me. Like and especially since they try to like sympathize her sometimes too. And I'm just like, just make her evil. Just make her straight up, make her straightforwardly evil or make her something else because this sort of, and it, it is sort of like almost political. It's like, you want the best of both worlds with that character. You want her to, you want us to like her, but you also mm. want her to be hardcore, but you also mm. want her to be this. And it's like, you can't do that. And I think it's because it's a, a female character and it's like, and I think that's what I want. And that's what I liked from Charlotte at the end. I'm like, if you want her to go there, just let her go there. This right. whole like, but humans thing. I just don't understand why they didn't have her be purely like, listen, humans are, I've been killing them all last season and I would like to kill more. And so I'm going into their world so I can kill more and right. just like have that be it. But like they're, this, this show's desire to have us like her is I think what is keeping her storyline back. I don't know. What do you think? Maybe that's not what they're doing. I mean, I think that they're, again, I think they just don't know where they're going. Like, I, again, her turn, she heel turns, end of season one, 
has been on a vendetta against humanity all season two, all season three, and then at the last minute she loves humans. It's just like it did give me it very much gave yeah. me the Game of Thrones last season where they like changed Daenerys from another, you know, white lady with the savior complex. But, you know, like all throughout the history of the show, they never really touched on the Mad Queen stuff. And then like within I don't know, it was like less than an episode, she was crazy and we were just to understand she was crazy. Which was like, guys, this is truly one of two characters we have left to root for in this show. Everyone sucks. So, like, what are you even A? Yeah. What are and you B, is just like, this This doesn't make sense. You know, this is not, we didn't see the turn. So, no, especially when you're with characters for, like, seasons upon seasons. Like, we've been with Westworld and Game of Thrones. Years. It's oh like, girl, God. you gotta... Oh you gotta do justice. We know the characters. <laughs> We've been here. <laughs> That's why I keep feeling. I'm like, do justice to yeah. your fans, like people who love the show despite its many faults, you know? Like, yeah, because it takes a lot. It yeah. really does to watch like a Westworld or I'm just gonna say it now, a Westworld or Game of Thrones that like treats women like they're disposable for the most part. Like so much of season one yes. is just like naked women yes. being thrown about and also yes. James Marsden. Yeah. But like, you know, being like thrown about, oh, cast aside. Mm-hmm. <sighs> R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Another issue with the season. No James Marsden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, that what that's what makes this all the worst, okay? On we have to put up with so this, much shit. <laughs> I had to, I had to do all of that. I had to go through all of that, and I didn't get any James Marsden coming through with his gun and his mm-hmm. hat and his mm-hmm. beautiful eyes and his great lips and his. Okay, I'm just gonna stop. But you're you know just describing saying? his face. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Describing. Reel it back. Come back. Come back. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just left. I just miss him so much. He's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> What was I saying? Yes. Out of all of that, I didn't even get to see him. I didn't even get to see him at all. I didn't get to see him at all. And yes, I did get some great stubs and Bernard in suits, which was really amazing. But they didn't linger very long on that. It wasn't enough. And they weren't in the... And no Ben Barnes, which, you know, okay, fine. But why not? Oh, my God. Why not? Oh, my God. Why not? I mean, we get fucking... What's her name? Clementine. And James Clementine. I mean, like Delos. Where? uh, uh, What? No uh, Logan. Where the fuck? No Logan. A lot of screaming. How dare you? Like I don't. I like. I want to scream. Like you create host upon host of everybody else. I don't care about. Right. But no Logan. Right. Well, I will say that final scene of Ed Harris as the man in black fighting Ed Harris did a lot for me. Also, why would you make that scene after the credits? Like, no, I will never forgive them. I wasn't I hate, part of the episode. I hate them. Like, <laughs> 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 I'm them. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. It's I, also I HBO. Like, you do this on purpose. The credits don't have to roll at a certain time. It's not a network. Like, it's like it's, it's they also did that with Sharp Objects. Ugh. Like, I was the ending of Sharp Objects where they like, like, if you didn't watch post credit shop objects you do not know how the show ended which is really frustrating <laughs> because they actually yeah that's true everything in that's the last true. second and you're like wait what and i read the book <laughs> anyway. and I, I also read the book oh okay well that was 31 minutes on that show i mean oh, it's wow. a proper because we, we i mean we're not going to get to talk about westworld again for quite some time so i feel like it's fine yeah and they can just get just get on gone for all I am concerned. They so. just need to hire me. Yeah. Hire me. 
Yes. I will help you. Really follow up on that. Yeah. I know. I'm going to reach out. Come on, Kelter <laughs> Films. Come on, Kelter <laughs> Films. Show yourself. <laughs> Show yourself, Kelter Films. If I ever get hired uh, on okay. anything, I'm deleting this podcast. <laughs> I know. It's true. Truly, as soon as you get the meeting, we have to delete this podcast. Right. <laughs> I've always loved everything. The whole podcast in general. <laughs> no, truly, the whole podcast. No, no evidence of ever existed. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so should we talk about the Twitter tea next? I, I think guess? Twitter tea or is just something? a thing, you know, speaking of problematic white women, we should just dive right on mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Where to even mm-hmm. begin? Why don't you introduce well, you should introduce it because this is the topic you you feel okay. I feel like it's near and dear to your heart. Yes. So for those who don't live on Twitter these days because they're like using quarantine to better themselves i'm not clearly right. and oh god was it yesterday morning i log on to twitter.com aka pulled the app and what do i see <laughs> what do i see but chrissy teigen saying wow this really hurts like i'm such a fan of allison roman blah 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 like that's the first thing i saw on the timeline i was like what did allison roman do to chrissy teigen and then right chrissy quotes quotes like quote retweets the article where and Alison Roman basically says Chrissy Teigen is, what does she say? She says, I don't aspire to what Chrissy Teigen has because I guess the interview is asking her and like, hey, you that. have like, yeah, you have like, she's the interview is asking Alison Roman, hey, you have like a bestselling cookbook with the New York Times. What's next? A product line like Chrissy, blah, blah, blah. And then Alison Roman goes like, no, I don't aspire to that. And it's like, and then she says that Chrissy Teigen is a sellout. Which yeah, because she she could ooh. just say yeah. I, I mean, pull up the actual article say, because I want to quote. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, let me pull it up too. Yeah, I was gonna say she could have just said no. I don't aspire to that. She but she goes on and she says like what Chrissy Teigen has done is crazy to me. She has mm-hmm. a successful cookbook and then it's like boom line at Target, boom Instagram page has over a million followers where it's just people running a content farm for her that horrifies me and it's not something I would ever want to do. I don't aspire to that. Yeah, but it's like so. I mean, and then Chrissy Teigen is like saying how bummed she is by it and like how much how big a fan she is of Alison Roman and also like. Just straight up saying, like, it's not a content farm. It's me. <laughs> We're, like, trying yeah. to monetize, but the profits aren't what you might think. You know, I really enjoyed making a product line. Like, she just, like, defended herself in such a, like, honest and vulnerable way. And as I read Chrissy's response to this, I was like, Chrissy Teigen is actually an internet genius because what she did was say, like, you know, this really hurt me, actually, and here's my response. But she didn't, like, attack Alison Roman or anything. And she just kind of sat back while the internet has fought. (laughs) Like, you do not come for Chrissy Teigen, which also, like, guys, I mean, Alison Roman, I don't know why she would do this, you know? And then it got worse. And then it got worse, I mean. Like, because then Alison Roman goes onto Twitter and says that, you know, hey, Chrissy, I sent you an email. But I want to say this here, too, which is that I'm so sorry I didn't mean it like that. You know, I have nothing but respect for you, all that kind of stuff, like, you know, the apology thing. But then someone else iconically tweets, hey, don't even pretend like you love her. You were just on my podcast saying how annoying she is off mic. And then Chrissy Teigen retweets and I mean, comments and says, OK, good to know. Like, yeah, now you look, it's uh, I don't know, not since the 
remember when Taylor Swift was saying that Kanye didn't ask her permission for the famous, you know, yeah. line and famous, and yeah. then Kim releases a Snapchat of Taylor like saying, "Oh my God, yes, of course, it'd be so funny," <laughs> like, and then like basically just proving that it's like hypocrisy. I feel like this yeah. is like reaching that level, but for me, the people I actually am interested in, food Twitter, aka right. <laughs> food Twitter, yeah. <sighs> small but mighty group yeah no it's very like on the one hand it's like i don't know why alison roman would do this because so many of her like the over the venn diagram of chrissy teigen fans and alison roman fans is a circle you know Mm -hmm. but you're making us like now you're doing this thing same as thing against chris teigen and also marie kondo who by the way wasn't no one asked alison roman to mention marie kondo (laughs) No yeah. one said nothing about a Marie yeah, she, or her she, condo. She went. She went after Marie Condo like out of nowhere. Harder, harder, yeah. harder. Said, called her a bitch. The, said, called her a hypocrite. Like, mm. oh yeah, no. She was like, oh, what is it? Yeah, the idea that Marie Condo decided to capitalize on her fame and make stuff that you can buy—that is completely antithetical to everything she's ever taught you. And this is her talking about condo store where you can buy storage bins. Like that is Condo's brand. And also, yeah. like, so there's a lot here. There's a lot to go through. There's a lot to be angry about. Mm-hmm. But the thing that infuriates me the most, besides Alison Roman basically, like, calling out these two women of color for being successful and yeah. profiting off of their yeah. fame, as yeah. everyone does who can, yeah, is when she tweets after all this comes up, comes about and people are, like, talking about how horrible it is. She's saying, Alison Roman tweets, when women bully other oh, women yes. Yes. for being honest about money and how oh much they god. do or do not make, well, uh, that's amore. Uh, oh my god, that's what that's what I think makes me the most angry about the whole thing. Because like I mean, this is oh, okay, keep going. No, talking. please talk. I've talked so much. <laughs> no, no, I mean, listen. I mean, okay, God, where do I even begin? First of all, of like, why not go after Gwyneth Paltrow? Why not go after Martha right. Stewart or even some of your contemporaries? Fucking Wolfgang Punk, Puck, Emeril Lagasse, Guy Fieri. Like, there's so many people. Rachel fucking Ray. <laughs> like, yo. A queen. The original of this is Rachel Ray. And so the fact that she went after the two of them is, I don't even think she's, she understands it. And I, I encounter this a lot with white women specifically where there's this sort of like co-opting of struggle among women and minorities. Right. But also there's this idea that white women come first, even though, you know, we're all in this together, but me first type of thing that a lot of white women don't want to admit that they have. Yeah. And so they feel that, you know, we're all like struggling against the patriarchy, but I am closer to the patriarchy. So I should probably get the benefits of it. And I think that this is really what this, she was doing without even knowing it. And there's this sort of like victim mentality in that because I'm doing the same thing as Chrissy Teigen or Marie Kondo, and I'm just making recipes for the New York times. 
and I'm like the real whatever that I should be automatically successful because I made like a fucking like what like a like a sort of like a what did somebody say what did she say to colonize colonize oh yeah she colonized turmeric or something like that or Columbus Columbus turmeric yeah Yeah. truly because like her big recipe that's super excessive like super popular which is like the stew is not her recipe it was co-opted so it's just sort of like so this idea that she's kind of this this purest form of culinary artisanship is just dumb and it's so it's just about white right it's just such a thing that a lot of white women do without even knowing that they're doing it because of this sort of like victim mentality that's there without even knowing that it's there and it's this that line about the when women bully other women for being oh my god (laughs) it's like i felt like i was having ptsd because that's what's traumatizing it is because it's what they do it's like you they hurt you and then they make it about you hurting them you know it's like it's like i have done something to you and you're kind of upsetting this about it is bullying to me and just sort of like also just the use of bullying by the white community as sort of like a tool against criticism and is in itself a whole other conversation that we can have at another date as we say another podcast (laughs) (laughs) but it's just and also just why it's just very interesting I was talking to a friend about it and she didn't agree she was like oh you know she said it she was not warm about it but she knows she whatever and you know she can say that and it wasn't like mean or something like that and it's like sure but it's it's just bad media strategy and you know in 2020 like I studied uh PR a little bit in school and it seems like PR people are less and less likely to be around nowadays which I don't understand we need them even more now it's like so funny because I think a lot of people have taken it upon themselves to take over their public relations. But this is a really good example of if she would have worked with a PR person and a communications manager to help craft her answers. Cause isn't she, why is she doing the interview? She's, she's promoting a show, isn't she? No, I believe she's promoting something. I believe that she's promoting the very show that Chrissy Teigen signed on to executive produce. Yeah. Like just like, why didn't anybody sit down with her and be like, listen, could you not? And it's, right. and it's just really, but I think the deeper and more insidious thing is that there is this energy around some white women where they do feel like, on virtue of who they are, they should be ahead. And like I said, like, I think people, and when you look on Twitter, people are like, oh, it's not about race. And I was like, she probably didn't think it was, but there, there's a reason why she conjured those names. You know, right. she conjured those names for a reason. And there's a reason why she didn't go to a Rachel Ray. Or a Martha Stewart or fucking Goop. Why I mean, didn't you yeah. go after Gwyneth Paltrow in this moment? And lifestyle brands are so white. Like, I mean, the, Marie Kondo and Chrissy Teigen are two of the only names. Name any other names. Oprah, that's about it. Everyone yeah. else is white that has any type of fortune or like following in this industry. There are no people of color. So it's just such a, a weird thing to do do and it just was very unnecessary and the the victim thing is just sort of like yeah the whole like well when women bully other women or put other oh and 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 it gets worse so after all this happens like this is another situation where like you said people really need pr people if you go to allison roman's twitter you see her response to all this basically 
And besides saying like, oh, I shouldn't have said use you or your business as an example to show what I wanted for my own career, blah, 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 whatever. But she then says, being a woman who takes down other women is absolutely not my thing. And I don't think it's Ugh, yours either. Gross. And that's, what the, that's, and that's like supposed to be the whole thing. Is that like, she's like, oh, well, this is like, it's all well and good, basically, to like talk about oppression. So long as you're still on top of someone else is exactly. basically what Alison Roman is suffering from. That's you know? exactly what that's exactly what I was saying. It's just like this idea that like I think there is like this sort of especially in the last couple of years, and that's why I'm really hardcore about making sure that we even even women of color, which is a whole other conversation, but like making sure that we are all still distinct groups because a lot of times with diversity, we often get we often 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 get grouped in with yeah. white women as a as a community of like oh we're we want diversity so we need voices and a lot of times the voices that get front loaded are white female voices and this is a good example of how we're not all in this together and there is like different mindsets that are being like that mindset is not like a new or it, I see it all the time here in Hollywood. I see it in my career. There is just this idea that like, listen, like this co-opting of these movements or these ideas like bullying or women supporting women. And it's not even for the sort of the benefit of the collective. It's for the benefit of their own defense or their own sort of egos. And this idea of the, that idea that like we we don't tear down women has been used so many times by women who have done wrong by someone and then gotten mad when people responded to being wronged to. Right. And it's just again like yeah, it's like you know? you're just like you insulted me and then I said you insulted me and now you're telling me that I'm bullying you. It's like yeah. no, I'm acknowledging what you did because also yeah. Alison Roman, no one asked her like she did not have to say I don't aspire to that. I would never want what Chrissy Teigen once like she didn't have to say that. Yeah, she didn't she have to bring Marie Kondo into it. She didn't have to do any of this. No, she could have. She could have just said, "That's not really what I want for my career. I'm still trying to figure it out." Right. Um, but good for them. Right. If that's really what she thought, but that's not what she feels. What she feels is, "Look at me. I am a New York Times making recipe making girl. People love me. You know, I'm just like this cool girl that people love. Like I'm just like, you know, cooking Twitter loves me. And but I feel like I'm not making enough money. And I'm mad about it because I feel like I should have more. And I don't really know how to negotiate that without selling out. So I'm going to make sure that people know it. So. Right. And it's like, also, just don't be mad that you haven't figured out how to make Chrissy Teigen's money. Yeah, and it's That's like what it she, sounds like to me. But like, it's just well, I mean, pick another time. It's just like bad, just like bad branding and bad. And I talk about branding a lot as sort of like that's what makes the world go round. And there's so many things that there's so many things that people feel about a lot of people in this town. People talk shit all the time, or even the fact that she said on the on the interview, the podcast, and said, "Oh." she's so annoying, you know, that's something that that person probably would have kept secret. There's all sorts of stuff that I've heard um, just yeah. from Andy and stuff about the industry and people and stuff like that. Or even like this is another good part, of, another good example of this is like the Ellen thing. Like that stuff doesn't get out until you start badly managing your PR and you start ma badly managing your image. And then that stuff comes, starts to come out because let's say there's probably tea about Chrissy Teigen, right? 
Mm. But nobody's going to bring that tea out now because she's so beloved and she she manages her brand so well, right? And that's what happens all the time. Like somebody, like the internet turns on somebody and then the tea comes out. And so the idea is that you just really have to manage your image better and make better decisions. You can't really, you don't, you never really know when the internet is going to turn on you, but if it's going to turn on you, it should, you should turn, it should turn on you for like a reason that's better than this. This is just stupid. It's just so stupid. Like, sure. If she thinks that fine, but why? Again, PR people, PR people, we need them. We need them. I mean, also it's like the best thing to say when you have nothing nice to say is to say nothing. Yes. That's just like, you know, grade school wisdom that, will serve you well in I life agree. i think it, it definitely will but yeah on the on the other not to move too, too quickly but on the other end of the spectrum other big news for me amanda palmer announced on her patreon that she was getting a divorce from her husband of like a long time like 11 years maybe they've been together for a minute a bit um neil gaiman and How do you feel about Neil Gaiman? Are you a Neil Gaiman person or no? I feel like I should be, yeah, but I haven't like really explored his content. Have you Have you seen Good Omens? No. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. I figure. I mean, like again, I see all the stuff he's doing, and I'm like, I know I would like it. I think he's but. probably problematic in some way that I don't know, but you know, who's not? You know. I mean, yeah. Listen, <laughs> I also still read Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling isn't necessarily great. Right, exactly, so. exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that happened. What are your thoughts about all that? And the oh yeah, tell, tell tell the whole story about what transpired. Like, God, I don't even know how to put this, but like, I only recently learned, by the way, that what is it? That Amanda Palmer and Neil Gaiman were together. Like, I learned this like yeah. I think this year, and I was like, what? <laughs> Strange. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. We're all like, what, Neil? Huh? Yeah. yeah. And it turns out they've been together for quite some time. And so yeah. Amanda Palmer this week goes on to her Patreon, which, by the way, imagine being a patron of Amanda Palmer. Imagine, uh, just, imagine it. Like, imagine <laughs> just imagine having it. Imagine access to the Patreon. <laughs> How did this even leak? <laughs> like, who was on there? I but, don't you know. know, I don't know. I don't know. So She's funny. not exactly my ministry, so I feel like I'm, you know, exactly no. acquainted with no. her fans no, no, no. at all. Right. But she announces on Patreon that, okay, people keep asking, where is Neil? Where is Neil? I'm here to tell you we're no more. Like, we split. Now, it's one thing to announce your divorce to your fans or your patrons on Patreon. Neil was not aware <laughs> that they were getting divorced. <laughs> like (laughs) poor thing this poor man took to twitter later like uh yeah we're figuring things out right now (laughs) it was truly like i was like like, oh wow (laughs) wow do you do you think that it's like is it divorce divorce like official or is it kind of like she's sort of like a reactive kind of bitch and she's sort of just kind of popped off. You know how that happens sometimes, even to the back yeah, of that, sure. where you just sort of like are, are in the cut of a feeling and you just sort of like go off or was it officially announced? Right. I don't know. Do you know? I mm. don't. And it's kind of hard to tell because <sighs> yeah, anyway, it's kind of hard to tell because it's like what is Amanda Palmer ever doing, you know? And they already, I mean, like, listen, who knows? But I do know that they were she's already, a, she's like, a troll. Yeah. 
well, <laughs> this could just be a stunt. However, <laughs> they have not been sheltering in place together. They've been on, in different countries during this quarantine situation. Oh, that's that's not a good yeah, sign, I would not say. Not a good sign. So I believe that they were probably just separated. And then mm-hmm. Amanda was – something happened. And Amanda was like, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to take this shit to Patreon. Where all the the tea will be released. But yeah, no, Neil then took to Twitter and said, I just want to ask for privacy during this time. I'm figuring out what happened. You know, everyone's going through a tough time with this crisis, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, he says that. It doesn't seem like they've reconciled. There's been no announcement. But apparently today on Goodreads, did I, I sent you this, right? Neil Gaiman. Yeah, yeah, yes, I Posted something on his Goodreads, a book he's reading, which is titled, let me find it. This is so important. Ahem. Splitting, protecting yourself while divorcing someone with borderline or narcissistic personality disorder. Now, <laughs> listen. <laughs> the internet's also saying that this is not actually Neil Gaiman's Goodreads or someone hacks into his Goodreads, but... All I have to say is this. If that's if it is true, that's deeply funny. And like about as petty, like this is his Patreon. You know what I mean? Goodreads is Neil Gaiman's Patreon. And they're just attacking each other in such a weird Do you think it's real? I hope it is. <laughs> like I don't know if it is. Like it I feel like that would just be so dumb. But then again, you know, if anything, this time in quarantine has showed us that many celebrities do not know how the internet works. They don't understand it. <laughs> They can't figure it out. So that is I just, do feel like he could have done that. It is, that's, like, the best, <laughs> that's the best thing. That's the best thing I've ever heard. If that's real, because I mean, that's what everybody says about her, right? Like, that she's right. like this kind of like crazy narcissist. Listen, I mean, in order to announce your divorce on Patreon and not tell you, there is something there. There's something. Something's about, happening. <laughs> something. There, there's, there's something to it. Yeah, that's just like I just like I said. I think the 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 moral of this podcast, whether it's for Westworld or whatever, is just people really need to really think a lot more about, like I said, PR, their brands, just like yeah. really thinking through how you're perceived and how because I think and I I get this, you know, I always am so grateful that I did not come of age with the internet. So Facebook started when I was leaving high school. And mm. so, and then even like when I was in college, we didn't even, we didn't have status updates until like my last year of college. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of communicating with the public other than my private life journal and it was private and it was anonymous. And so I, I, I am just very grateful. And even in my early days of my business, I felt like I would pop off in similar ways. And it's hard because we're still just people. I think the internet and like the way that we talk about each other, the way we talk about situations kind of makes people feel less human somehow, but we are just sort of like animals. And I think this, the situation causes it. And it's just, we don't really have the capacity a lot of times to react in the best ways and best situations. And then you just get on the internet and suddenly there's like hundreds of thousands of people. And it's just really, really weird in that way, you know? I don't know. That's just, that's how I, that's what I think of this. It's just sort of like you are, I feel like you're having this this private thing and it it is like, it's like a superhuman thing, but because of the way that people are famous online and stuff like that, it ends up being like this bigger 
Right. Thing now it's an article you. on Vulture. <laughs> yeah, and you can't control it. And that coupled with the fact that, like I said, like the even when I was in school, like the PR industry was being gutted, right? So like the the the, the type of PR that I was going to be studying, I was I was going to study in school, um, doesn't really exist anymore because social media handles PR differently. And I think that's a mistake. I think people need to really go old school with their PR and really train people. Like somebody like we're going to talk about Kim's convenience in a second, and the guy mm-hmm. who plays Jung, who's very good at social media. Like you have to not only manage like be entertaining but also just be really strategic to the way you talk and I feel like not enough people understand that I don't know yeah they're not really thinking along those lines I think a lot of times they're just like doing what feels right in the moment which is fair like I feel like that's how most of us use social media it's just like tweeting things we're thinking about or instagramming something we saw but if you're a celebrity there's this added layer you know where you have to present yourself in a certain way or maybe you don't but like risk being misinterpreted by many many people or dragged yeah because like this right like this and then the Allison Roman thing like I think that there was aspects of Allison Roman's personality that and I think that a lot of the mainstream celebrities still understand that there's aspects of these people's personalities that we don't need to know about right yeah You know, there's, like, people like Brad Pitt and I would say, like, somebody like a Ben Affleck and stuff like that. They do their best to control, even though there is news about who they are, the nuances of their personalities to this sort of, like, level isn't really public knowledge. Or even, like, a Jennifer Lopez, who her history is, like, steeped in tea. But we really don't actually know that much about Jennifer Lopez and her, like, specific pettiness and stuff like that and so I think a lot of the mainstream celebrities still understand that that's a the thing but a lot of the new school or a lot of like I think Roxanne Gay is another example of this like I think she's a good writer and stuff like that but I find her like Twitter presence sometimes to be a little just like I don't know I feel like sometimes she needs a PR person she probably doesn't agree and I guess it hasn't taken away from her opportunities or anything but there are like people that I just feel like they're they're like they're the way that they respond to people and stuff like that that they could have used PR in some in some ways to kind of or maybe that's about maybe it's not what it's supposed to be like maybe we're it is supposed to be kind of like raw and authentic but I think that you know if you're an Allison or like a Chrissy Teigen I think Chrissy Teigen is a good example of somebody who is working with a PR person and is working with a brand strategist person. I know people say that that's like authentically her and I don't believe it. I think that she has somebody who's helping her shape this personality because I mean like Chrissy Teigen, she's great and stuff like that, but she's still a fucking sports illustrated model. And we forget that because she's done a good job of reframing her personality. So I think it's just really interesting how a lot of this is really about brand management versus anything else. I would say. <laughs> Maybe it not. always comes back to brand management. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, I think Roxanne Gannett is a good example because, I mean, like, you could say that that those things that kind of, like, turn me off a little bit about some of the stuff she says makes her uh, more popular for other people. So maybe it's just about knowing your audience as well. And maybe Amanda Palmer just knows her audience, you know? Yeah, I think it probably is a lot. It's probably a bit of both, you know? Again, I don't know Amanda Palmer's yeah. audience. <laughs> like, this is not my thing. That's that's a good point. Who is her audience? Like, I mean, truly, truly and honestly, to, to, in May 2020, how are you a patron of Amanda Palmer? Like, what? How? How does yeah, that happen? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I too am confused. <laughs> but, you know, 
There's a lid for every pot, as people say. <laughs> there is. There is. There is a lid for every pot. That's true. Is there anything else you want to say about that? Or any other insights you have into that? I'm excited to follow the story as it develops is all I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I have, like, I'm, like, starting to lose interest in a lot of, like, scripted content. Like, I'm starting to lose interest in shows I like and whatever because I just feel like, oh, this is so predictable. I'm so tired. I don't care. And I think it's just, like, partially just me being tired of watching so much TV and partially just, like, cabin fever and wanting to, like, leave. And I know the state of California is theoretically opening up. But my ass is staying inside because they don't know nothing about this virus. And I just like don't trust the government. Yeah, I mean, listen, and listen, they want us to die. I mean, they want us to die. Effort like, to kill off black people. Right. Don't tell me any differently. Truly. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. But it no, is. No, I think no, it, it is. is. <laughs> no, it I is. mean, and like, I think... it's a thousand percent that. So, yeah, I will be staying yeah. my ass at home. That's, that's what I've told everybody because. I mean, even when I went out to walk out for today, people are out here brand new. And I'm like, listen, fuck y'all. You're not giving me any virus. You well, know, that's the thing. Now there's die. that added danger. There's still the there's still the same level of danger. There's still the fucking virus out there. We still don't know anything about it. But now not only are people out, but they're like relaxing their own restrictions and not wearing their masks. They're out here coughing and, and shaking hands and shit. And it's just like nothing has changed, really, you know? Like, I don't even know why we're, like, why did we, why did we open the state back up? Like, I'm very, oh, God, I'm itching. But why did we? <laughs> like, <laughs> did anything actually change? Are the hospitals less overwhelmed no. now? Is that it? Because we're not even, like, Los Angeles is, what, two weeks behind San Francisco? And they're on lockdown. But people out here are acting yeah. like it's, like, fucking Woodstock. I, like, can't again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, I'm hoping that, they'll notice that everybody's out here being dumb and then they'll shut up, shut shut it again. Sort of like last weekend where they're yeah. like, Haha, you can open the beach. And then they were like, actually we shouldn't do that. So I'm hoping that's what happens again. I mean, the only reason why we're opening is because of the economy. Yeah. That's all. A thousand percent. Because we, because, because our government, anyway, this is, this was about, so, okay, we're done talking about it. <sighs> But anyway, yeah, because of all that, because of all my residual anxiety, like the underlying dread about what's happening in the world, how I don't know anything is this cough corona. Like, because of that, I really value (laughs) shit like Alison Roman being horrible or Amanda Palmer breaking up her marriage over Patreon. This is what's keeping me going during this time. I love that. Um, I love that. So yeah, I will continue. I think... (laughs) Maybe that's like a little side thing we could talk about. Like, I think my new thing is going to be because I've never really had much of patience for television in general. So maybe I could try to get into a show and watch it. And maybe that'd be like something new and different for me. Because the only thing I've watched is Kim's Convenience and I watched Mm -hmm. Westworld. And that's really all I've I've partaked. Maybe you should get into reality television. Maybe this is time for you to get into The Housewives. I mean, I've tried. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like The Housewives. I think I watched the first three seasons of Beverly Hills in like three days last year. What about? Doesn't matter. But um, what about Below Deck? Like something like Below Deck, or like The Bachelor? You should maybe try something exotic or like Survivor that's like outside of your wheelhouse. I don't know. I like. I'm. This is going to sound so obnoxious, but I'm weirdly like I just don't care. I I feel like I just want to watch things that I know I love and give me a certain warm feeling at the end of it, and that's about it. 
Or I want to watch something so bizarre that I just am watching it for like, what? Like I watched the new show Hollywood on Netflix, Ryan Murphy's thing. And the whole time I was like, I don't know what this is. But eventually I got tired of that too. So, you know, I don't know. I just like my attention span so small, except for reading. I like I'm really into reading these days. I should read. I should get into a book. Yeah. like I I know people like Ozark. Ozark and some other. Anyway, we I was watching that. Ozark. Let's it move on to our. So dark, literally so dark. Can't see what's happening. <laughs> yeah, literally you can't see it. <laughs> uh, oh my god, I'm getting hungry. Okay, let's talk about convenience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you want to start with Kim's convenience? Yes, let's do it. So every week we give each other a recommendation. My recommendation for Aaron last week was Kim's Convenience, which is a show out of Canada. It's set in Toronto. It's about a convenience store. Mr. Kim, his wife, they run it with their daughter and they have a son and it's all their adventures and all that stuff. And so that was what I recommended to Aaron. So what are your thoughts about this program? I will say when I first started it, it felt kind of, I think what it is was that I wasn't ready for the pace. The pace is a little slower, yeah. like a traditional like family sitcom, honestly. So like whenever, mm-hmm. I, and now I'm three seasons in, so like I love it clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but when I first, but when I first started, I was like, I am so, con- I'm like not confused. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of bored. This is so kind of slow. But then like it just kept on playing. And I just kind of sank into my couch, and I was like, wow, Simu Liu, who plays um, the son Jung, oh, is so. God hot oh my god he's so beautiful oh but also like, i just kind of love that whole i love the whole cast honestly the person who plays mr kim it's like a and at first i also was kind of cringy because i was like oh, these accents is this great but then i was like listen I, i'm assuming a korean person told the story about their first generation you know upbringing like in toronto and yeah it's fine like i just had to let yeah. that go but mr kim and his wife are like peak couples goals i love everything about them i love the way they treat each other it gives me very much like bob and linda belcher from bob's burgers energy where they're both kind of like oh we're here so long and we're just like you know what it's you i guess (laughs) like i don't know why yeah yeah yeah. no but they like honestly have like a genuine love for each other yeah but they they actually really love each other I know, and they still fuck, and they call it cozy time, which is iconic. I mean, same. yeah. <laughs> and now I call it yeah. cozy time, <laughs> like, yeah, cozy, cozy, cozy time. But yeah, I just think it's like yeah, a very they're... nice, heartwarming show, and it's very like it's slow in some ways, but it also is like I don't know. I just find like the actors have really good comedic timing. The mom and dad actors mm-hmm. and their friends are all like fellow immigrants to Canada who are just like what's up with white people right and it's just I love it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's so good it's like it's hard because I feel like I can't do what you're doing like I have to watch I'll watch like seven and I think this is for all sitcoms to for me like I'll watch like six or seven and then I'll get kind of like tired of the because it's repetitive right let's like kind of talk about earlier about how how like Westworld tries to be a comedy because that's the whole thing it's like you have a story and then you're back into the beginning so I think sometimes after a couple episodes I'm like okay but like Jung is oh my god he's so fucking hot it makes me his ass okay that butt like Mm. I just Mm. 
that's enough to keep my attention. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of drift off when you think about it. But yeah, so I can watch six or seven, six or seven episodes and then I will stop and then I'll like wait a, a couple days. I think I've been watching more because you're watching it. But typically, like I said, I watch a couple at a time because it does get, it is like kind of slow in parts. You just feel like we're going around in circles and then they have the storyline that I hate so much, which oh, is... Yeah. Uh, Jung and his boss, they're doing a will they, won't they with those two. And I don't want them to. I, I want them to won't. And so it just doesn't really make any sense, it. too, because they're pushing it so much. And I'm like, there's zero chemistry or heat between Simu Liu and this actress. Like, yeah, there, there's none. Just, and of no. course, she's a white woman, like a Put basic. No, I, I hate to use. I actually don't want to yes. use the word basic. But, you know, just kind of like an average white woman. She's here. She's fine. Yeah. You look at Simulu though, and he's so hot. Yeah. Also, the guy who's supposed to make his character jealous, her uh, boyfriend for, I guess, most of the series, is the mm-hmm. most beautiful, like one of the most beautiful men I've ever seen. Ever? Yeah, he's so the hot. The guy who plays Alejandro. And yeah. I'm like, so wait. Yeah, Alejandro is super hot. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, I just like, I look, <laughs> and then I look at her again. And I'm like, it's not like I'm, I'm not trying to be this person, but like, where 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 i just don't have i don't have it i don't have a rhyme i don't have a reason and yeah i think i think i think ordinarily it would be okay but i don't i do think it just kind of like reflects this kind of frustration that me and aaron have like outside of this which is sort of like this idea that like these beautiful men of color always end up with like kind of basic white girls just because of this sort of like kind of the 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 platform and sort of like the that white women are put up on in general so i feel like it like reflects that as a frustration at least for me yeah. i think and it, and it's like that's fine like if she if he was like with a regular like woman of color i would have been like yes girl get it but like for no this, absolutely like, oh, this is like so typical yeah and it just seems like lame it just it also just seems like old-fashioned too it's like why wouldn't and also why? Like why not? Because also it seems like they're putting Janet with that other white guy too. And I'm just like, but why are we So you keep saying why? this? I don't get that at all. Her and her roommate, I Gerald. Like I don't I don't see it. But then again, I didn't see this thing with Jung and Shannon, so you know, who knows what the writers will do. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that part it really bothers me. Like I'm trying to, I try to get over it, but every time, and it's, and also as you get further onto the show, it takes more and more space in the show. And I'm just like, oh, the show's yeah. only 20 minutes. I don't want to spend nine minutes. Cause I'm at the point now where he's like actively trying to impress her and stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, like, look at you. Have you looked in the mirror, sir? Right. It's just, yeah, it's, anyway. it's not great. I don't love that part. Yeah. It's actually the part I ignore the most. Like I was doing a puzzle while I was watching all these episodes. And every time that storyline would happen, I just look back down at the puzzle. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's see where this goes. Which is, um, which, is, which is so upsetting because Jung is like, when he gets on the screen, I remember originally when I first started watching him, he would get on screen and I'd be like, sweet Jesus. Like, wow, yeah. wow, 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 wow. And it's taken away from my, my porn time. It's like taken away from my, my, my happy time because I have to look at this thing and it just, I don't know. It's very yeah. drying. That's all I'll say. Very drying. It does. It does dry. It just dries you right up. But again, I, I recommend it. I like this show a lot. I think it, it it's a very great. nice, pleasant watch. It's a great quarantine watch. A great quarantine watch, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And also is like it makes like 
I like to watch it and focus on it, but I also like it as background noise. It works as it's a flexible show. I enjoy that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it can just go. Like you can go and you can like watch a half an episode and you'll miss a part and it's okay. You can keep going or you could pay attention yeah. to an episode. Like it's a really good play in the background. My mom, who I also recommended it to, who also thinks Jung is hot, she did the same thing. I was like, what episode are you on? She's like, oh, I think episode like season two episode four and i'm like damn but that's just how that show is you just i mean yeah i can just play and you're like oh wow here we are (laughs) and they go really quick it's just here we are so (laughs) yeah yeah exactly cool so recommended yes yay okay so i feel like this episode's going long but i'll do the next one steven universe do you want to introduce so as we were talking (laughs) The reason I recommended you watch Steven Universe is because when I recommended it about two weeks ago, I was like, finally finishing the series, finally watched the movie, finally watched Steven Universe Future, like finally understood the full scope of the lore and everything. And when I tell you Westworld wishes that they understood their world the way Rebecca Sugar understands the world of Steven Universe, the world building is iconic. The emotions are a lot. And as a feelings Mm -hmm. queen... I really appreciate that show. <laughs> I feel like I watch it honestly, like yeah. therapy. Like I just put it on and I'm like, oh, I feel better. Like it's just weird. Cause I just feel like it's such a loving and kind show. And it's all like Steven's biggest superpower is his, you know, ability to empathize. And I'm just like, damn, mm-hmm. if only more people watch this show and like learn something. Like if only Mitch McConnell, but we don't have to talk about it personally. Very healing. But anyway, I wanted to recommend it to you because I know you don't like feelings at all or songs. The show has both of those. But I thought that if you got, if you, I just wish, like, I wish to God I could, like, force you to sit and just watch enough of it to get to the good stuff where they're, like, actually, like, building up the background and how things aren't what they seem and reveals, like, again, Westworld wishes. But, you know, I know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. What do you think of it? <laughs> I already know, but <laughs> I mean, listen, 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 listen. Uh, <laughs> I feel like if you listen to this podcast, you get a, like a really good sense of my personality and my needs as a person. And <laughs> and Steven Universe is just <laughs> like okay. So I guess it's important to frame like what entertainment. I need for like to be entertained like I really need like we already talked about this I need sex right like I need like some type of like sex appeal but I do watch cartoons so it doesn't have to be that but I already need to like have action I yeah no singing like very engaging um and like fast I feel like that's what I need to be entertained and I think the thing about Steven Universe is is that it's just something that it's a show that just sort of like washes over you kind of and I get what you mean by it must build up because it is it's sort of like reading a book and like the episodes are more like chapters like you can tell that like something is happening but you're not really getting enough information to understand what's happening in the current like it feels like everything is very heavy with meaning and purpose but you don't really know what the meaning or purpose is is yet and I think that's what kind of impede my enjoyment of it because I mean I do there's a lot of cartoon shows that I really like I was a big Jimmy Neutron person back in the day like I love like I I love cartoons but I think that the way that Steven Universe is constructed 
Plus, it has those things that are very like like feelings arcs and stuff like that are really hard for me is making it to where I just can't get into it. Like I was just like, I just was like, I was like watching it and it's just like colors and people and amethyst and like words and stuff <laughs> like that. And I feel like I'm not retaining any of it. Like I watched, I think three or four episodes and I was just was sitting here and I was like watching and I was like, all of a sudden he was like being taken over by cats. And then there's like this, this gem in his belly, but it doesn't work. And I just feel like it's, I don't know, maybe the lore is too thick. It's almost like Lord of the Rings esque as far as like what the layers and they're always referring to things in the past. They're like, Oh yeah. Rose quartz. She used to do this. And like, who the fuck is rose quartz? That might not yeah. actually be a character, but oh, she's a character. Uh, yeah, she's a major character. Oh, she is? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, good. I listen. I was. I was listening. Again, you were absorbing a lot, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, Rose Quartz is apparently Stephen something. So, I definitely. I don't know. Like, I think it's just not. It's just not for me. Like. <laughs> It's just truly not for me. Like, I really love the color scheme. I really respond to the styling. But I just truly, like, literally I sat here and I watched it and I was like, what? It's probably like how you feel when you watch, what's that movie I had you watch first? Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. yeah I think that's exactly what it is. Like, yeah. like whenever you talk about, like, watching watching things in that way and being like, it's just washing over you. That's how I that's how I experienced Steven Universe. This is stuff that seems to be happening that has impact on these people who are here, but I'm not really sure what's happening. And I think it's just like I said, it doesn't I think in order for it to work, it needs to have hit one of my like triggers where it's like where it's like sex or if it's like fast or the whatever, but like the fact that they're singing and talking about their feelings, like that's just a little more for me to bear. But I do love the color scheme i love the body diversity i love the, how the characters look and stuff like that and i can tell that they're like i can see why this show means so much to a lot of people but i think you have to have a very specific type of personality to get it and i know it also I'm, I'm curious to hear because i know that this is a show that's really really popular with the queer community and as like oh, a yes. member of the queer, the queer community like what do you what is it exactly maybe i haven't gotten to the queer stuff yet or what do you yeah, think yeah you haven't gone to the queer stuff it? yet okay, okay so i'm just going to like paint a paint a picture picture it the year is probably what 2012 <laughs> i am right a, right in college i don't yet know mm-hmm. that i'm a bit gay you know don't yet know it I have had feelings, right. don't really understand them, doesn't matter. And right. what am I watching? I'm watching Adventure Time, actually, at the time. And mm-hmm. there's like a mm-hmm. bit of queer undertones in Adventure Time that like you look for, you hunt for, you're like, what? Huh? But they never like actually like, <laughs> as far as I'm right. aware, I never finished the show, but they never actually confirmed it. And I was like, hmm. Along comes Steven Universe. The most, I mean, the most, I like every time I look at him, I'm like, oh, my son. Like, I just feel such pride and ownership over him for some reason. Right. Because he's such, right. like, a softie. He wears flip-flops with jeans. He plays his ukulele. <laughs> he just wants everyone to get along. I, like, really right, empathize right. with him on a level that, like, I was like, oh, I tuned to keep my family together. Right. But anyway. But there is an episode about your favorite character, Garnet, actually. And it's a queer storyline. And it is the kind of thing where when the first time I saw it, I was like, 
my jaw dropped. I was like, oh my God, this is, this makes sense. Like they've introduced the concept. Like, I don't even want to tell you what it is. I still want you to finish the show and I know you won't, but like, oh God, uh, <laughs> what I would give. <laughs> but yeah. It seemed like they, cause I remember, like I said, I've not watched the show full on until this time, but I, it's always on in the background when I go on cruises because it's like the only channels you get when you're on the cruise is like CNN yeah. and Cartoon Network. And so I do know that there is like a sexy dance that they do when they combine, right? Yes. Yeah. They combine? Yes. Yeah. So Garnet's yeah. a fusion of two gems, Ruby and Sapphire, who are, I mean, they were only, I guess the gems don't have, technically have a gender, but they're all feminine presenting. They all appear to be women. But anyway, Ruby and Sapphire are both female presenting gems, whatever. And they... Their whole storyline basically is that like two different gems are not supposed to fuse. Like a ruby could fuse with a mm-hmm. ruby, a sapphire could fuse with a sapphire, that kind of thing. The first time they mm-hmm. fuse together is an accident and people like say like, that's not supposed to happen. It's an abomination. It's so clearly an allegory for like so many things. It could be like interracial marriage, uh, same sex marriage, all these things. And they mm-hmm. feel ashamed and run away, but then realize that like, they kind of belong together. And then as the show progresses, like you see them again, like, Garnet very, very rarely splits herself up into her, you know, two selves. But when she does, she does for like a very important scene to me in like one of the last seasons, which is when they get married. And it's just like, I don't know. It's like the first and there's a moment where they like actually kiss on the screen. And I'm like, wow, like I just watch and I'm like, if only I had known, if only the show had like existed for me when I was a young kid who like would sometimes have feelings for my female friends, but didn't know what it meant. Like, and just was like, oh, that, everyone has that. I'm I'm straight. Like, I just, I like, if only <laughs> it had been presented to me as like a normal and like lovely option instead of something mm-hmm. to be reviled. So I think that's why a lot of queer people love the show. And there's also like other, there's a gender non-conforming character in like one of the later seasons voiced by India Moore of mm-hmm. Poe's fame. And there's other, there's a lot of, I mean, because the whole show is basically about like these refugees from an alien world where they're all supposed to fit in and be a certain way and look a certain way and act a certain way. And they like come to earth to find freedom that it's like, I think it could be an allegory for so many things, but like coming out of the closet was what comes to mind for me. And it's just, I could talk about Save the Universe all day, but I just love it so much. And I do understand what you mean by like, oh, I can feel this is important, but I don't know why. I think that's like, I also love puzzles. And I think that's part of the joy of watching the show for me anyway was, was like, oh, well, this is starting to make sense now. Like, I just am there for the ride. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's also another reflection of my personality. It's like, I mean, Erin knows me and she knows I, I hate open loops. I have to know what happens. It's why I don't really watch much TV because I just am like, oh, I see. You're going to keep this shit going for the next five years. I don't have the time. And so like, I like, that's why I like movies better and stuff like that. But, and yeah, again, like, I think that's really beautiful and I'm glad it exists. And maybe that's why it also doesn't connect with me as much because like I said, I just am like sort of like a, a shallow, <laughs> not shallow, but you know what I mean? I don't have that experience of needing to like see something in it as much maybe, but I don't know. Like I do, there's stuff I do. Well, I haven't said what I do like about it. Like I said, I love Garnet. I was telling Aaron that a couple of years ago I was on a dating profile and somebody said that I was Garnet or something, which I feel like is a compliment now. She's it's a badass. huge compliment. She has amazing yeah. hair. She looks great. 
and yeah. she's tall and black like I am. And I like Garnet. I also the original stallion. The <laughs> yes, yes. I love. Also, I love this. Like, I love that there's the era of the stallion. I'm glad that the stallions are here, and I'm also ready for boobs to come back in fashion because I feel like really it's all about the asses, and that's not what I have. I'm a boob person, so if that comes back too, I'll be really set. But yes, I love Garnet. I also love Onion because he <laughs> or she can. Is this me? And I just feel like Onion is me in the show. He just like walks around. He throws things. He's just a chaotic presence who seems confused by all of them. And I'm like, me also, me also Onion. And like Amethyst is also a curvy queen. So I really love the body diversity. I think that it's so cool that kids get to see characters that are different shapes and sizes and colors. Because when I grew up, it was all white except for Angelica except for Susie and Rugrats, mm-hmm. maybe Patty. I feel like Patty might have been a woman of color and Doug. I got um, that too, but you know, Cheryl. they were all people of color, <laughs> various colors, blue, know, right? orange. That's true, Skeeter. Well, we know Skeeter's black, so that's No, true. Skeeter's for and sure then, black. Uh, yeah, and then Hair Arnold. But like seeing like this, I think is cool. But yeah, it's just, I just, I don't know. I wish, I love, what you said was just like really beautiful and I feel very touched, which I don't love. But, <laughs> I'm glad it means so much to you, but yeah, it's just, I mean, listen, I, I'm a, I'm a real shallow, straightforward girl. You give me Keanu Reeves, give me some blood, give me a sex scene. And that's I mean, really, I know like really your favorite movie is John Wick and you know, yeah. it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but that's what the show is about, right? It's like, we're so, and I think that like, if you listen to the show, like you're like, they're not that different, but like, we really are super, super yeah, different. No, our uh, taste in uh, things is actually kind of amazing. <laughs> and whenever I hear you like try to like, yeah. for me, watch Steven Universe, I think oh, one day I should watch Star Wars for her, but it's like, for me, like it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be the same trade off because I even try and I'm like, I don't care. And that's the thing. And that's what I feel like. And I feel like it would be, it would be a similar situation. I think, you know, it's so funny because like me watching Steven Universe made me understand you way more. Cause like I said, I don't understand the stuff you like. like, Why, why, why is this? Um, But then now I'm like watching Steven Universe and I'm like, oh, I see. So we're just like not on the same planet except for the mummy and, and, Pride and Prejudice uh, and Zombies. And oh, yeah. Sanitary. And Destination Wedding. Sanitary. Like, I don't know. Like, very few, few ah, things. Destination Wedding. <laughs> but, like, we love them deeply together. We love them deeply together, those things. But, um, Pirates of the Caribbean's another one. I think it's because it's a period action piece. <laughs> yeah. Period Romancing the Stone. Ugh, yeah. Well, I think the way, the way... The, I think the way that we like overlap is we both are like romance fans. Oh, he's just not that into you. We both love. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys. Oh my gosh, listeners. One time me and Aaron literally spent hours analyzing the scenes from he's just not that into you. Like we analyzed every scene. It was so funny. <laughs> like, every switch we like, on Justin Long's face. We were like, and this yeah. means. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, and this is the moment where he was shooketh. And this happened. Oh, did you see that? Did you see that hand on yep. her arm? Yep. Like. He kept the pen. He kept the pen. That movie came out 15 years ago, but like, we're still here and we still love it. Oh my um, god, dissecting it like in Citizen like, Kane. I love that movie. Like, <laughs> I love that movie so much. You're like, okay, wait, stop. Let's talk about this part. Right, <laughs> like, right. do you see him? He shook. 
Anyway, so this is our major overlap. Also, and he, like, yeah, he like K dramas now, which is delightful for me. So, oh yes, yeah, now, that's true. Like that's like how we, yes, like that gives us a whole new way to bond is K dramas. Look at that. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited for Coffee Prince. I saw the commercial and the premise is fire. I'm so listen excited for Coffee. The premise, like, oh my god, I was like, what? This is amazing, and it I'm is so excited. So good. Also, so much queer content in Coffee Prince because it's this whole like it's the whole same thing with Mulan where she's dressed as a boy the whole time, but like Shang's falling in love with her, him, and it's like, am I? Good? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I felt that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I love Coffee Prince. Ugh, yeah, I'm excited so good. For Coffee Prince has a dad from Parasite. Shouts to, to, to him. Shouts to him. Yeah, it's a hot dad from Parasite. I just, oh my God. But dad from Parasite is so hot. And then he talked and I was like, okay, also has a really hot voice. We'd love to see it. Yeah, he looks really good in Coffee Prince. He's kind of shaggy. He's a musician. Ugh, you live. You live. But he's a musician with like a job, you know. That's his job is making jingles and stuff. Anyway, enough. so hungry oh god it's dinner time (laughs) oh my god because i'm not supposed to okay so one of my gerd things i'm recording this but i guess you could just cut this out um is that i have to i can't sleep until three hours after i eat so like i have to eat and then i have to wait three hours so it's like 7 30 now fuck and so like i can't go to bed till like 10 30 yeah so yeah Anyways, so anyway, okay, that was this episode of Last Comment. Do you have recommendations ready? I feel like I think I I'm don't have to use any ready right now, but I can think of something. Go ahead. Uh, Sanditon. It's it's Sanditon oh, time. Duh. <laughs> Stop Sanditon it's, time. It's, <laughs> that was hard to say. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Sanditon time. It's 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 Theo. Oh, okay. Fucking James. Oh my god! Like when. Oh God! See, do you see how do you see how my brain breaks? No, I know. I, I heard brain... it. I heard it. You just went away someplace for a second. Like, like truly, like I feel like somebody's got is operating me because, you know, I truly shut down sometimes, and I just go. I get it. Thought so. Anyways, let me bring myself back. So Theo James is right. in this, and he is. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here. Stay here. You're going to stay here. Stay with us. Stay with us. He is what? He is what? Next word. Next word. (laughs) He is so hot. He is mean in this. He's like mean. And and it's very much like an okay daddy meme, if you know what I mean. And he, it's like, I guess it's meant to be sort of like a, a Mr. Darcy type thing, but Mr. Darcy was never. Do you do you love how I have like all this knowledge of Mr. Darcy now? Since I'm, you know, like a I know it's like wow, it's, <laughs> it's, it's truly no big deal because I also watched. Oh yes, oh I guess we'll say this for the next episode. But I watched the Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley. Matthew McFadden from Succession. <laughs> yes. Yes, Matthew McFadden. I was like, oh my God, that's a dude from Succession. I know. The transformation. No, that's not the cousin. That's um, Tom. That's Tom. I mean, mean the husband. Yeah, the the sister's husband. The sister's boyfriend. I've I've only seen the first four episodes. Oh, right. What? And I was like, oh my God, what? 
know. Yeah. Um, I really, I really liked it. It's so beautiful and like misty. It's so misty. And then he like comes out of the mist and I was like. I know. And the music swells and it's just like, he's just like trudging across like the dewy grass. I'm like, oh God, kill me. I just love that movie. I I will. How about the hand flex when he helps her into the carriage and then flexes the hand? That's my favorite part in the whole movie. (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes. See, okay, this is a that's a good movie for analysis. Like, yeah, like the touches, he's just like, yeah. oh. I did miss the zombies, I will say. I did miss the zombies. Okay, well. <laughs> You're like, we were having a moment and you were really I was just saying, we're I just did. trying I to, I just, just want to, <laughs> just want to, want to spawn. Um. Uh, but yeah, I watched it. And so like, I'm like, but I would have never, I would have never been able to watch it if I hadn't watched Pride and Prejudice and Zombies or Emma. Why do you think that is? Just wouldn't have understood it or what is it? What is it? I don't know. I think it's just the pace and stuff. And Sanditon has like really um, trained me for the kind of like, what what era is that? What era is that called? Is that, it's not Victorian, is it? I suppose. I don't know. Like the the way that it's constructed and like the speed, because even like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies has that language, but because they're zombies and stuff, it feels like it goes faster. But Sanditon and all that, like it, I think Emma and all that trained me to sort of listen for it more and just to be more patient because you just have to be in the mindset to sit because it's a lot of like pauses and like meaningful glances and i'm not like i also don't love subtlety that's why i don't like prestige films and stuff i'm like oh yeah like i'm bored so i think i have to i've like trained myself to be able to kind of like get the stuff and also because i know what happens in the story i like i'm looking for parts like i'm looking for the part where he like gives his love and she's like fuck you and he's like oh i see it's like that and then yeah. i look i'm like okay what version of this is the sister gonna be on some fuck shit with wickham and so i think that makes it easier to to watch right I would say. yeah because you have like but, the one-to-one um, correlation Sanditon. already yeah okay saniton i can do yeah, that yeah yeah and and i yeah saniton is so good i really really like it i'd be curious to see what you think if it's good or if i'm just a horn dog and listen james there's there's also other there's also other hot guys in it too there's two other hot guys and you'll know which ones i like when you see them you'll be like oh oh, oh yes that's a that's a shanae fellow um, <laughs> and i just think it's really good and you could tell me if you think if you think that the main girl is black or not because i feel like she might be black and i think that they might be bearing the lead because there is a girl in it who's actually like black black but i think yeah well i don't want to say that but you know what i mean like she's clearly visually black no she's dark-skinned black and you can look at her she looks like she's black yeah 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 the main girl is Meghan markle black also looks a lot like Meghan markle like really does actually yeah but do you think that she but yeah you can tell me as you watch her because like there's sometimes where i see her hair and i'm like oh she's one of the chosen one as far as us Mm -hmm. one of us yeah (laughs) if she one of I don't know if she is or not, but listen, I just, I can't say it enough about Theo James, his costuming, he mm. wears this hat, he yells at her at one point, and I'm supposed to feel bad, but I just felt turned on, okay? And I, I guess that's all I'm going to say, you know. I get Did it. you see, sorry, this podcast is so long, did you see A Divergent? I did, did and I know it? he was in it, but he didn't look like that in it. Am I crazy? Mm-hmm. 
Like, I remember seeing it exactly. and being like, this guy's yeah, cute, so like, but I don't know. So weird. Yeah, no, because in because in Divergent, he comes off as just sort of like kind of like passively hot, not like in an active way. And I think part of it is that the that the, the, those leads had no chemistry whatsoever but he has really good chemistry with this lead and it makes him hotter and i think he like this is the like I, I don't know if i told you this but me and my friend we have like a theo james club i don't know where it came from but we've seen every single thing he's been in and it's almost harder than being a keanu reeves fan and yeah. a lot of times he's just he's it's hard because i think it's hard. i mean this is a stupid thing to say but i think it's hard <laughs> when you have a face like that sometimes because acting just doesn't look good on you do you get what i mean like Mm. when you're trying to act as other people all anybody can see is a hot guy what's another example of this you would say i would say james marson but he manages to overcome it like he has a perfect face and you look at him but it works he doesn't always though but i think that what westworld did really well is like lean into that yeah thing but Yes. So, okay, so that's Anna 10. Sorry, I made this even longer because he's just so hot and it's so good and I love it. So. Listen, I get it. I have thought of a rec for you. I don't think you've seen it yet. Mrs. America. It's on Hulu. No. Okay. So, A, our love, James Morrison's in the first episode. B, the cast is yes. crazy stats. It's a crazy cast, but also it's C, very good. And I was thinking of like period things I know you haven't seen set in the 70s one of the best times for fashion if you ask me some iconic legs. i love the 70s i love uh, 70s. yeah lawrence from insecure who is very hot and insecure this season especially lawrence from I, insecure is super hot i don't know what's going lawrence on is hot i never i thought he was cute before a, but like what he's <laughs> super happening? hot though did they make him look dustier in the first if season for the story you like if you just gained like 15 pounds i, I don't know you know <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say it and then i was gonna take it back because i figured that's like exposing too much of myself on this podcast but you knew what i was gonna say i knew it i knew it I you're like body shame him though he's perfect the way he is yeah yeah <laughs> but anyway he's also in mrs america a lot of hot people in that show a lot of like speaking of white women uh a lot of like critiquing within the feminist movement uh, a lot of critiquing around the feminist movement. A lot of like Kate Blanchett playing like the OG. Um, I don't know what's her face. What's that one? That looks like a lizard. You know what I'm talking about? The blonde woman. The blonde woman who's like a super Republican person. Uh, I'm like having a stroke. I can't think of it. Basically, every blonde woman on Fox News. She's like the prototype of that. Is what Kate Blanchett's oh, playing, um, but plays shit. a flawlessly. What's her name? What's her name? You know what I'm talking What's about, right? The the girl who thinks yeah. to look it up. Oh God, <laughs> my head is it quarantine? Am I just getting dumber oh, gosh, and my, dumber? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. I'm like going to have a panic attack. Who is it? It's gonna bug me for the rest of my life. Oh, uh, I can't. It's not Katie. Oh, uh, she's she's played. She <laughs> plays by Charlize Theron. Played her right, right? Did she? In Bombshell that movie. Bombshell. Oh, you're talking about Megyn Kelly. I'm not talking about Megyn Kelly. Blonde, white, oh, okay. Republican Oof. woman is what I'm looking up right now because I cannot remember. You know what and, I'm talking and, about, and, though. And it's not, and it's not Sarah Palin. Ann Coulter. Oh. Ann Coulter. Oh, God. I like feel like I ha- Oh, Jesus Christ. That was really bothering me. Yeah, anyway. 
Kate Blanchett plays Phyllis Schlafly, who is like the OG Ann Coulter, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and it's Kate Blanchett, oh, who like, cool. I would watch doing anything. But like, again, the acting's so great. Everyone looks so good. The 70s were such a mood. And you've got like, there's a whole episode devoted to like Shirley Chisholm, played by Uzo Aduba. There's nice. A, I mean, it's really, I love the show. And it's actually one of the few things that are like getting me through like one of the few pieces of content I like look forward to every week because I'm just like, oh God, new Mrs. America. It's so good. And there is a lot of eye candy and it's just like the music's fire. It's fast paced. It doesn't feel slow at all. It's just like, damn, the seven days, what a time. But yeah, mm-hmm. 10 and 10 what recommend. So yeah, that's America for you, Mrs. America. And I will be watching wow. finally. Okay, Sand it in. Sand it on. <laughs> Sanditon. I'm ready. <laughs> sand it on. Sand, sanditon. Yeah. Sanditon. This is great. We'll do that. Well, this is a great episode. Yeah. I, I feel think. like this is lengthy. Who knows? Who knows? Not. Probably not. Yeah. Well, what <laughs> else do you guys have to do? Truly. You can listen to us talk about Theo James. And yeah. And Simulu. Amethyst. Amethyst. Yes. When you said Lugnite, uh grandiose as like <laughs> I screamed. Uh, I was like, not Luddite and grandiose. What the fuck? <laughs> I can't. Oh I'm God. Really to be somebody that you can be proud of, and I. I just mean, like. You can be proud of. <laughs> I just don't have it. Okay, also, that was wild. Also, can you? about the fact can we talk about the fact that you were like just watched ep- season one it has and it has fucking 52 episodes are you outside of your goddamn mind? i know oh but like <laughs> i feel like they're wrong <laughs> i don't understand how the season breakdown works because i swear to god like on some platforms season one has 21 episodes on others they have 52 and i'm like there's a big difference between <laughs> they are 11 minutes each it's not that long but still it's just a lot like i just like really i don't know because i just feel like that's truly too much it's just like i just like i'm rubbing my temples now because i'm just like oh god if i could just force you to watch this show like it's clockwork orange and like force you to understand because i just want to talk to you about my theories and i like and you just won't cooperate I try. I try to be like. Listen, if they put Theo James in this, I would definitely. <laughs> I can't. That's what I, I feel like. I'm. I'm truly I'm tragic. Straight. Like it's so funny because, like, even I think it's also the lack of male presence in the show. Like that's how. Awful I knew that would be a challenge for Do you. I, I mean? knew it. There's no men in the show. <laughs> I just hate I just hate that I'm like this like you don't want to be like this like you know like I really want to be somebody who can be you know but I do think that the lack of men in the show is I mean you like oh Frozen 2 doesn't have enough hot men in it and I'm like it is a cartoon about sisterhood <laughs> <laughs> It's like I just don't have time for it. Like I just don't have time for it. <laughs> it tries me bonkers. Okay, okay, okay. I know, I know who you are. It's I accept really you. Hard. It's really hard. I accept you where you are, but it's really difficult for me as well. <laughs> like. <laughs> 
but I'm just glad you accept me because and it's so funny because I have so many yeah and like all my friends I have a lot of friends in the community and they just know who I be and it's a disappointing to them all and I don't know everybody just is still friends with me I don't know what to say I am who I am it's just Tragedy. because you're charming <laughs> and we like you or something <laughs> <laughs> <Speaking> <laughs> The gay friends of Shanae support group. Let's <laughs> let's rally. Why won't she watch Pose? Why won't she watch Pose? We don't get. She's outside your your apartment in Long Beach. Like watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire. You will watch Carol. Could you, you will. If you don't watch Drag Race, I don't know what I'm going to do. Why are we? You, why are you like this? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but it's fair. You know, you can yeah, do the same thing. To me. You could be like outside my window, being like, "She doesn't watch Fast and Furious." I'm like, "You're right." <laughs> I'm not gonna oh Lord! No. no, I mean, I don't watch Fast and Furious either. But but the thing about you though is that I feel like. I am so much less appreciative of your things, but like you will, but you get like, like for example, John Wick. So there was two, I don't know if we're going to put this in the podcast or not, but there was like literally three years where me and Aaron, I guess two years, me and Aaron used to live on the same street and we used to go out like every weekend. And so every time we would go out, she would, she would come over and we would like drink and John Wick was always on. Like, I mean, like every single time she would come over and you would like look up and be like, oh yeah, look at that vest and then look down. You know what I mean? So I feel like you can appreciate parts of my culture. And like, I feel like I have a hard time doing the same for you. You know what I mean? Like I don't ever look up and I'm like, uh, I think we can just credit like bisexuality here. Bisexuality deserves all the credit. That's what I be. I hate men, but I can't appreciate them. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. So what happens when you're cursed? You well, need to play for both teams. <laughs> A true curse. But like, okay, okay. Well, we'll we'll stop the show. Well, I guess I don't know. If we'll in the show or not? But I'm like, <laughs> I'm like curious though. Do you feel like? <clears throat> As a, a bisexual person, do you feel like the world is like more open to you or do you feel like it closes on you? Because I've heard like things from both because I do feel like there's a, uh, I've, a lot of my friends have either come out of it recently and like some of them are like, I feel like I have too many options. And then other of them are just like, it's actually like overwhelming and makes me sad. How do you feel about it? I feel like it's, I, I mean, listen, I don't know. I really don't. I also feel like sexuality is such a, at least for me, such a like a typically day by day thing. And I. Oh, do you, do you think that? Is that true? I think like, like sometimes day, I'm like, some days I'm straighter than other days. But like, I do feel that like some days I will just be looking at men like, wow. <laughs> and other days I'm like, I. Well, like mostly when I you're talking to me. To them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I think maybe it's just your influence, honestly. I oh, my like, God. The straight agenda. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's your, I, was like, I was like, I was like, you're doing. Like, now that you're saying it like that, I do feel like it's really my straight agenda because I do think that you are mostly gay until you talk to me. And then I'm just like, hey, let's talk about this man. And, and then you come into that circle with me. Yeah. So I do blame myself. I no, I think it's for sure your fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely your fault. 
you know, you know wander into the hall like, like hey have you seen this picture of Charlize Theron and I'm like <laughs> yeah literally yesterday I sent her a picture of him in the bed just like without any context <laughs> oh yeah Simulu Simulu in the bed head on the pillow I was like see this is what I'm talking about <laughs> this, is the, this is the straights trying to get on me but you know what i've heard that before i was i was reading i was oh my god is this gonna be in the podcast or not who knows but i was um watching this video watching this video about this and there's this lesbian researcher who says the same thing she says that like like they think that sexuality fluidity is as as variant as the day but she was also saying that it's also a lot of times hormonal like, so like sometimes people will feel more like they're attracted to people of their same sex or opposite sex, like closer to their period or mm-hmm. like stuff like that. And I thought that was like really interesting. And it's also like coincides with what I feel like is, I think, I've, I don't know if I've talked to you, but I've talked to our friend, our mutual career friend, Rory, and they said that it seems like there's like a huge, like there's a lot of like queer people who have like entered the market, quote unquote. And wonders yeah. if that variance is a part of it where like it's existed always for everyone, but now because of society, the variance has like kind of come. Yeah, to becoming, I think like, that's it, honestly. I think like a lot of people aren't I think most people aren't a hundred percent gay or a hundred percent straight. Like on the Kenzie scale, I think, you know, few people yeah. are on like the extremes. I think there's a lot more people in the middle then we can even maybe count because there's a lot of people who maybe are more bi or maybe a little gay, a little straight. Like, I mean, like, or just don't even want to label it, like somewhere in the middle of that spectrum, but like have never felt comfortable like saying it, mm-hmm. you know, and they haven't had to because they have the option of yeah. you know, presenting as straight or as gay. So, yeah, because you can be. Yeah. That's really, yeah. And there, there was also the study where there was like the study of gay men who were like there's like this community of gay men this is like we probably shouldn't include this but like in the i'll let you do that you're the editor but like the there's this community of gay men who like like they did a study on them and like how a bunch of them were like having sex with women or they would be gay like literally have identified as gay their whole life and they like find a woman and marry them and stuff like that and all this stuff because I feel like that stuff is really common in women I feel like because it's more acceptable for us to be like it's because it's like sexy so it's like more acceptable for us to be queer but in men it's like so taboo and they were saying the same thing where it's like it just seems like it's just kind of a wash and it's more about how you identify because you have some people who really really identify with their queer identity and it's like a part of like who they are and then there's some people who just are like they just fuck both and they don't even think anything of it and so like the the way that like sexuality and identity has been like kind of like mixed up is really interesting in 2020 and I wonder if that's also why there's so many like like I said so many more queer people entering the market like I can't say because like I don't as to to, to, so much my chagrin I'm not but like I do feel like there is a lot of people who've like come out lately and I'm just wondering yeah I think just like there's like more comfort around like you don't have to be strictly one thing or strictly another thing and I think that's actually for the best because again most people aren't going to be strictly one thing or strictly another thing and you do and also see people who identify as yeah it doesn't matter like so long as we're all consenting and adults and who cares like it's just like who cares but yeah, no, yeah. I do think that that's. I mean, I think it matters it's just for being more accepted. reasons. Oh well, yeah. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's like for political reasons it matters, but like for personal reasons, I don't think it matters. Because, like I said, I just think there's so many people who just are like in the streets, one thing, and in the sheets are just sort of like whatever. It's just very like I yeah. don't know. 
you, we don't have to include any of this. I just think it's very interesting. And I just wondered, because, yeah, I was talking to my other friend the other day who she just came out as bi or whatever. And she was like, I feel very overwhelmed in like a bad way. And I was like, that's mm. interesting. And I think it's just interesting how different people view it. Like overwhelmed then I have how? one friend who, I don't know, she just says, oh, I'm just like overwhelmed with all the things. And I was like, well, it doesn't really change. And then, of course, there's like my, well, I'm not going to tell the story. I'll stop and I'll tell that story. But then, <laughs> but then and then there's people who, who are like straight presenting and are like married to men, but then they like have threesomes and like have thirds and stuff like that. And they are not like publicly, but they're just like whatever. So I think it's interesting. And there's also like uh, the talk of another talk I was um, listening to. I was listening to, I have this uh, client who does queer theory and stuff like that about how it's actually a problem that sexuality and political queerness are being mixed up because it's making it harder to like, push things along because if it does become like we're all just a fluid bunch of people then that is going to for like political reasons in law it's going to make it harder to fight against some of the hate statures and stuff like that isn't that interesting yeah i never really thought about it that way but yeah it seems like it shouldn't affect things but you know nothing can ever make sense but it it will yeah yeah because because if because it's like think about it if you're like a so, for example, if you're like a conversion therapist or whatever, and you're like, oh, da, 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 and we're allowed to do this because look at this study that shows that it's all, you know, sexuality is a lie. And if you want to fight that, then it's a problem. So it's just like weird stuff. Mm. Weird, weird. Anyway, I don't know what got me talking about. Oh, yeah, because we we're talking about Theo James. Oh, right? yeah. Well, <laughs> we're talking about Sanita and Theo James and... <laughs> general the lack of overlap or what have you okay well well, maybe we should just like close the podcast and then you can like take out all that we just said and you could just tack the end off of something right yeah i think that sounds good should we just say goodbye until next time goodbye till next time stay safe stay inside god bless america and theo james (laughs) bye (laughs) bye